Welcome, Welcome to Show Us, Us Your Bits. I'm Alice Rivers Cripps, the founder and creative director of Posh Totti Designs. We are the original hand stamp jewellery company. I've been doing it since 2004. And I'm Josie Lloyd, a friend of Alice's, and I'm an author based in Brighton. And together we came up with the idea of a podcast about the stories behind the jewellery that people wear, because we're always fascinated by the shiny bits, aren't we? We are so fascinated. And also there are so many tales. Each week we'll be talking to each other with some anecdotes about our lives. And we'll be introducing a special guest. We've got some great guests lined up for you. For oh, you. so many amazing guests. It's and very finding, exciting. And delving into their jewellery boxes and finding out the stories behind the keepsakes that they really love. Behind their bling. Let's get on with the show. All right, Alice, how are you doing? I'm very good, thanks. How are you? Oh, um, yeah, no, I love this time of year. It's back It's back to school and back to work and I'm, you know, finishing up a project, but also I have been um, clearing out my parents' house, which actually has been really traumatic and hard because as as I told you dad died in May but it's the first time I've been able to go through my mum's stuff since she died because mm. and it's horrible taking mm. all these things and these memories out of the house but I did find in the loft the top tier of our wedding cake intact not eaten by moths uh by moths or mice I might add or anything or anything and my it's sister probably and I, eaten and, from the inside oh my god we we hacked into it with this kind Did of you eat with, it? no we tried to see if it was I mean my sister had made the kind of cake originally and it was sort of crumbly and dry but pretty impressive that, is amazing. that it was still still and did going it have the bride and groom on the top no it had lovely flowers it had purple purple and cream flowers which well, I had to be wedding Lysianthus but yeah mm. but it's sort of this time of year is when I first you know it's, it's our wedding anniversary but the wedding anniversary is a year after we got engaged and back in the summer we went in Mallorca to the site of our engagement and actually this episode we're going to call the proposal because we've got the most amazing guest Laura Cruz on shortly um, and she's got a funny proposal story but I have to tell you this because it's got posh in Palma in Mallorca but back in the day and we're talking 26 years ago because we were married for 25 years next year so 25 Aww. years ago um we were in palma for a hen and stag do of our friends rupert and tony who had who were working on a mega yacht so they were kind of staff on the yacht so we were in this yacht in the harbor and we'd all been out we'd been paintballing and go-karting and clubbing absolutely exhausted um but before then oh i've got to go back a bit because before then when i first got together with emily we went on holiday to see our friends rupert and tony who were working on the mega yacht they were had a little flat in Palmer in Mallorca and we'd gone out to the jazz quarter and we were drinking and drinking and it got to about three o'clock in the morning and Emily went, uh, something I've got to tell you. And I was like, oh no, it's one of those things. You know, we've just started getting each other. He's still in love with his ex-girlfriend, something like that. Oh. And he drags me outside and we go off to this beautiful, well, it's now a beautiful building, but then it was quite derelict, this kind of old marketplace in La Lonca. And there's kind of, gutter with kind of um there's railings with kind of cans in and it's a bit dirty and he and he kneels down and sort of hugs my knees and says the thing I love you and I want to marry you and I said (laughs) how dare you propose to me in a gutter I said well how dare you when I when you propose to me I want fireworks and champagne so anyway he was very sheepish in the morning and we was never mentioned anyway a year later we went back to Mallorca for this hen and stag do and we're staying in Rupert and Tony's yacht and it's exhausting we've had this exhausting weekend of clubbing and go-karting and everything and we're going home at eight o'clock in the morning on Monday morning and it's about midnight on the Sunday night and Emlyn says 
come and see the moon. The moon is the most amazing full moon. Um, come come for a walk with me around Palma. I'm like, are you joking? I'm absolutely knackered. No, mistake. He said, come on. Anyway, he cajoles, he cajoles me out. And we go to Lasso, which is the big, beautiful cathedral in Palma. And outside, there is this um, stage with, there was sort of a seating area and a stage sort of in the underneath the ramparts. And if we walk in and there's nobody around, it's the most beautiful night and all the shadows of the palm trees. Oh, wow. And he trots up on stage and then from his bag produces a sparkler, which he lights and writes, will you marry me with a sparkler? And then has champagne. And I'm like, he did the proposal. That's and amazing. I mean, this is back in the day when you could actually take sparklers on an aeroplane. Yes, Let's exactly. <laughs> I might have bought some in Palma. We had a little bit of a moment kind of reliving that in Palma, which is very funny. The kids thought it was very funny. But um, and the and the marketplace, it's a really beautiful old marketplace. It's absolutely stunning. They've completely restored it. So it's actually very posh now, but it's beautiful. But yeah, so that's so that was a a really lovely moment kind of reliving that proposal. That's amazing. You got proposed. Have you been proposed to twice? I yes, (laughs) yes, I have, which is I also feel the same. I was like, you know, I woke up and um I woke up and we'd had quite a heavy night of uh partying with friends and uh I woke up to find my husband kneeling beside the bed staring at me oh um, it was a bit creepy <laughs> and uh it was one of those moments where I had like the mascara around my eyes and I hadn't I looked like a pillow. panda and I had my face stuck to the pillow and I hadn't washed and I was kind of not looking my best and um he kind of was like oh I really really you know really want to marry you you know and uh and I remember being like no this is how it's meant to happen (laughs) and uh and I was really upset because I was a bit like I mean I wasn't upset obviously I was I was like love I I loved it but I was a bit like hang on you know where's the kind of spice the the the, the, um, you know I think as women we're like even as children we're kind of taught that there's going to be this magical moment and it was kind of it was like this wasn't my magic moment so um I kind of thought you know must try harder was my my feeling um and so I said oh I was like you know thank you but like can we can you do it in a bit of a, a, a you know more special way than that um and uh and so he was like well yeah okay fine um and then weeks went by and I was like okay so so I was like when are you doing it and he was like well I'll do it when the time is right and I was like no 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 you know like I take it back let's just remember that moment that you know I I, okay it's fine should should we tell people that we're getting married and he's like no 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 you want it a special way I'm not going to ruin that like you know and then it was like yes okay but could you tell me when and he's like no and so it was like literally months went and I was like okay I don't know how to cope with this and uh, and it was like he'd be like mopping the floor and I'd be like no that will do it now like however you want to do it um and uh um and then it you know basically I uh he called me up at work and at this point I was working um in a shop where I was selling my jewelry and um and he um called me up and he said you know why don't you um come out and meet me in this new bar that's just opened um and we can you know we can meet there for drinks after work and I was like yeah that sounds brilliant what he didn't realize is that I'd called up everybody I knew as well and said look there's a new bar around the corner that's open why don't we all meet up there so suddenly I walk in and he's there with this champagne and I assume on like this is man standing there with a tray of champagne 
And I assumed it's because it was it just opened. It was a new bar. Yeah. So I was like, here you go, guys. And I handed out the champagne to everybody. And then I was like, yeah, more, please. Thinking <laughs> it was like free and it was like the opening <laughs> night. And and James was like, um, uh, like was, and and kind of looked really confused. And then um, and then I was like, oh yeah, like gave him a kiss and everything. And he was like, I've got something to say. And I was like, okay, yeah, but and this was back when I smoked. I was like, okay, I'm just gonna go out out the back for a cigarette. Like this. And he was like, Alice, please, can you just can you just stop? And um and then and he'd organized all this champagne and everything and then he did it in front but it was lovely because he ended up doing it in front of all my friends and we all oh, had a lovely oh, celebration so lovely. and I tried to pretend that it had only happened that it was the first time <laughs> and then my husband being my husband said no it isn't the first time <laughs> she's been waiting <laughs> she was ungrateful the first time and now this is what she oh gets. that's so, wonderful but it was lovely and it was with a ring and everything and it was very special so it was oh how lovely well. We should get Laura on because Laura has got the most amazing proposal story. She is um she is the dream transition mentor. She's a she's a fantastic coach, but also she has got uh she's she did it in a in a slightly different way. So should we get her on? Yes, yeah, I think it'll like? be really exciting. This week's guest is the very fabulous Wonder Woman. Laura Cruz, welcome to Show Us Your, your Bits. Hello. What an amazing welcome. Thank you. Laura, um, it's so lovely to have you on the podcast. Why don't we explain to our listeners a little bit about how we met? So we were at an event in London, uh, I think in May. Um, it was postcards from Midlife Live, which is a really fabulous event, kind of off the back of their own podcast. And um, it's for women, for certain age perhaps who are menopausal or in midlife or you know feeling a bit hot and want cool clothes and stuff like that anyway we were there I had a stand I I think I'd nipped off to the loo I came back and the lady at the next stand said to me oh there was this nice lady came over and she was looking for you and I said all right who was that she said, she's an author and I said oh what's her name she said your name and I was like Jessie Lloyd was it my stand I want to find her and I said, where did she go? And she's like, she kind of went that way. I said, what's she wearing? So she described what you were wearing. So then like an absolute mad woman. I then went round the arena or the room, whatever it is, looking for you, found you. You were in mid-flow conversation with some guy at another stand. And I was like, excuse me, excuse me. And you were like, yes. And I said, yeah, I'm Laura. Can you come back to my stand? And kind of dragged you back to my stand to have a conversation. And we had the most amazing chat. And I was very interested in your beautiful pink stand and your really amazing book. Um, tell the listeners the name of your book because it's wonderful. So my book is called Dream It and Do It, Six Steps into Your Own Dream Life and Business. And of course, you know, the reason I was at that event and the reason I do what I do is because I think that women, we kind of hold ourselves back. We have dreams that we want to fulfill, but we, we're we worried about what other people will think, if we can make it, if we're good enough. We lack confidence. We lack self-belief. Imposter syndrome is rife. And we actually don't do the things that we really want to do. And I think that's a crying shame. So I've written the book so you can kind of have a bit of me in your pocket and go, you'll hear me now that you've heard my voice, you'll hear me going <laughs> in the book. It'd be like, I'm talking to you going, come on girl, you can do it. <laughs> and do, what do you think? Cause you, you coach obviously, and you do these amazing workshops. When people come to you, what is it is the main thing that is holding them back? Do you reckon? I, I do often say it's fear about what other people will think, but honestly, I think it's fear of ourselves. It's like inside we push ourselves down and we say, Oh, I, I you know, I couldn't possibly, or, 
oh, that, you know, things like that wouldn't work for me or, you know, oh, good for her. You know, not in a horrible way, good for her, but I couldn't do that. So I think we suppress ourselves because, well, life gets in the way. You know, we're busy. You know, whether you are, whether you have kids or you don't, you you know, everybody's got some sort of responsibility, a partner, children, elderly relatives, a pet. You've all got something that you need to kind of look after. And you. I think we stay on the treadmill of life. And that's, you know, the treadmill's fine, but we just keep going and we keep going because that's the safe option. Stepping outside of what you'd already know is actually really scary. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think, have you got any success stories that you can share that you've, that you've maybe taken people through? Yeah, it's interesting because I, I, all my clients are really different, but I, in the, um, in the entrepreneurial space, so where I live in Bedfordshire, I run a networking group. Um, I run a local networking group because I'm talking to you from the office at the bottom of my garden and which is lovely, but it's just me in here. There's nobody to say, so how was your weekend? So I uh, I created this networking group so I could actually meet up with amazing women on a monthly basis. And the stories that I get from there and those women work with me as a, you know, as me as their coach, as well as coming to the group, as well as coming to, I did an event a couple of weeks ago. They kind of interact with me in lots of different ways. And the success that I see, it's just amazing. It's just incredible. If somebody believes in you, if somebody says to you, you've absolutely got it in you. When I say that, I'm not doing it. They're doing it. Do you see what I mean? All I'm saying is you can absolutely do it. You know that you can do it. But sometimes we need other people to reinforce that so that we can feel it in ourselves. And I do think, you know, because there is such an empowerment that comes. I mean, Alice and I have have discovered this doing the podcast ourselves because both of us said, oh, I'd really love to do a podcast. And Alice wanted to do one for her business and I wanted to do one for writing. And actually, we would never have done it by ourselves unless we'd done it together. And actually, sometimes you need a, a, and I think it's in a A wingman. You need a woman woman to sort of say, a wingwoman. A wingwoman. And I also think, do you find that your clients are uh, sort of midlife? clients because I've got loads of mates who are coming out of the other end of sort of child rearing and their kids are sort of going off to university and they're kind of scratching their heads going well I've probably got 10-15 really good years of work left in me but I've never really done what I was supposed to supposed to be doing and they yeah. can't go back to their old career you know and for a lot of us the old careers that were there weren't aren't there anymore you know you can't go back into advertising or into some of the industries that people were in because they just don't exist anymore in that form yes but I think from my point of view I was almost unemployable in my own right so I had to kind of go and do it myself I felt like there was like there was something missing in the market and I was like yes I can kind of jump into that but it did take a lot of nerves and a lot of guts and a lot of nights you know it's like I had to do the day job and then I had to build it up yes and I had to work you know tirelessly at weekends but because it was my passion that's what I wanted to do and I do feel sometimes that people decide that they want to start a business or they want to start something without the fourth you know without actually really thinking about it and just because they want the success and ultimately I believe that you've got to have that passion and that drive if you want to make it work, you've got to really believe and love what you do. And that kind of helps it grow. It doesn't just happen overnight. You no, can't just no, make the money. No, you no. can't just be like, oh, you know what? My mission is to pay for my kids to go to private school. And that's what I'm going to do. That, yeah, that's, yeah. that's not going to work. You've got to have that kind of determination and love for it. I couldn't agree more, Alison. I think the premise of my work is the mindset piece that you need to do when you are deciding to get out there. So it's like, you know, I call myself the dream transition mentor because you don't, it is a transition. You don't just go on a Friday, right, that's it. 
Uh, let's do like Josie when she quit a job. It, it's like, that's it. I'm finished with this. And on Monday, I'm going to have a successful business and replace my income and have all the freedom and work from a beach. Because there is this suggestion that it's a lot easier. And I'm not saying it's if you don't connect in with why you want to do it, if you don't understand what you're going to get from it, if you are not prepared to work hard at it, because like you, when I had a year when I, from my moment of like, oh, I want to work for myself, this kind of light bulb moment that I had that I then couldn't, couldn't ignore. It kept going around in my head. You want to work for yourself, Laura, don't you? Um, <laughs> that I, there was a year where I did all of the things. So I was doing a master's level in coaching. I'd been coaching for years, but I wanted to get my formal qualification. So I did my master's level in coaching. I was doing that. I was working four days a week. I've got three slash five kids, like three, three of my own children, two stepchildren, was renovating a house, was doing all the things, was absolutely exhausted. But I knew that if I wanted to go out on my own, these were the things I had to do to get myself ready. So I think you can be tired and you can feel, oh, I've had to actually talking. I've just kicked off a new next round of um, my programme that I run. And there was somebody on there who's doing exactly that. She's finishing her corporate job next week. She said, I feel like I'm doing two jobs because I'm doing the corporate and I'm building this. I'm absolutely exhausted. I just can't even, you know, then she can't sleep because she's so tired, but she knows the end is in sight. I mean, I'm right up the arse end of an edit at the moment. uh, But I'm actually really enjoying being in the zone Mm -hmm. because it's actually really, it's exhilarating. And I think we have this kind of fear of hard work, but hard work is actually incredibly rewarding. Absolutely. And and also you want to change. Like I don't want a day that is the same every day. I mean, that's yes. part of the joy of what I do is that, you know, I've got a big team and I go in there and, you know, I'm dragged from left to right, but I'm also kind of designing and I'm, you know, one day I'm like, em- like yesterday I was empty in boxes. It wasn't glamorous, but I was, you know, it was great fun. And then I was jumping on a zoom with someone and then I, you know, it's like, it's, it's making that time, you know, ultimately we only have a short life and we want to you know and most of that time we're working so it's so important yeah to kind of be doing something that we really really enjoy yeah. and that fulfills us yeah but it's not the kind of lying around you know it's it's the hard work and the graft but at least it's graft that you enjoy yeah that's you know? yeah that is the dream doing something that doesn't feel like work yeah isn't it yeah so and I, also hard bits in that as well you've got to do the yeah. hard bits. I was just going to say sorry I base my my work and my life on four four F's. I always like to have like three or four things together. Four F's: freedom, <laughs> flow, fulfillment, and fun. And everything that I do fits into that. So yeah. I want freedom to choose what my day looks like. So like yesterday was a like a real mix of work and personal and this and that and 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 a podcast interview and a coaching session, client session. I love it. That's the day. But like today will be different. So freedom, flow, because the the day flows fulfillment because I want my work to bring me joy and it does bring me joy but actually seeing my clients feel fulfilled brings me more joy if that makes sense and then of course fun because you need fun who doesn't need fun in their life so in the spirit of show us your bits tell us about what your special piece of jewelry is so my special piece of jewelry is my wedding ring so I got married in lockdown in a teeny tiny 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 11 person including me and my husband, top, lockdown wedding. I My wedding ring is absolutely beautiful. It was designed by, she's a very good friend of mine. I didn't know her. She, I was like looking for a bespoke jewellery designer. And then my friend said, have you tried Googling them? Oh, Google, Google it. She <laughs> lives around the corner, literally on the next street to me. Um, and we're just like firm friends now, business and live friends. Um, but 
yeah so I had this piece of jewelry designed and it's wonderful and it's so me and I'm so glad that I've got a bespoke piece made for me but take us back how did it come about what was the story because you tell me a very so we're talking about proposals this episode so I want to hear I want you to tell Alice and our listeners a very funny story about what happened so essentially so I've been with my now husband for I don't know coming up nine years and um when we first got together we were like in the flush of well we were kind of saw each other for a bit and then we weren't together then we get back together and then we're in this flush of excitement we kind of said we'd get back together and I went on holiday and uh with some girlfriends and he was messaging me and he was saying oh you know we're gonna get married it's amazing like you know bride and groom emojis and I was like oh yeah and then I got back and I was like should we look for a house and he's like we're gonna just start going out with each other slow down anyway so but you know we're you know, we were in it for the long haul. So we bought a house, I don't know, 18 months later, and we moved in with our multiple children. You know, it cost a lot of money to do it at the house and stuff. And I was saying to him, you know, going to get married? I wasn't expecting him to whisk me off to Rome or anything and kind of, you know, that's not him. But I, I kind of thought, well, I want him to, to kind of want to marry me. Anyway, then I just started thinking about it and I thought, I decided that 2020 was the year that everything was going to change. I was going to get married. I was going to leave my job, start my own business. This was the year. And I thought, how can I, how can I make that happen when he's not going to propose to me? So I thought, I know what I'm going to do. I'll just propose to him. That's what I'll do. Right. And so, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to decide what date we're going to get married. And it was, I picked a Saturday in July of 2020 and I spoke to the registry office and they said, yeah, you Saturdays are really busy. You can only book it a year in advance. And, you know, you have to ring up at 830 and we take the phone calls in the order that you rang. So on the day, on the 18th of July, 2019, I, I'm in there. He's coming in trying to talk to me. And I was like, I'm on the phone trying to like ring the registry office. She says, right, you can have it. You can have one o'clock on the 18th of July. And I was like, oh, my God, that's amazing. And she's like, yeah, so can you come in and sign this paper? You need to bring your fiancé with you. And I said, oh, he doesn't He doesn't know He doesn't know we're getting married. And, she said, oh. <laughs> and I said, oh, he doesn't know that we're getting married. I haven't told him yet. And she said, and she, like, nervously laughed and said, oh, okay. Well, you know, we can give you a refund if he says no. <laughs> nice. Then I thought, right, where am I going to propose? I'm going to take him to Edinburgh because um we'd been to Edinburgh and I loved it and I wanted him. If I said to him, if, if you're going to propose, you need to take me. uh We're going to do a walk. That sounded rude. What I was going to say, we're going to do a walk up to Arthur's Seat, and I want you to propose to me on Arthur's Seat because I love it because it's in that film One Day, which I love. So I booked Edinburgh for like the October, but then I started panicking, thinking, oh, but it's the end of term and like what if my stepdaughter would have finished her exams and what if her mum wants to take her away and you know take advantage of the cheaper holiday I got really panicked about the fact that I booked something and what if people couldn't make it because you know people do get booked up don't they thought I can't wait till Edinburgh because I was panicking couldn't sleep worrying about it (laughs) um so so the all the kids happened to go away with their other parents so we, we were on our own and I booked this beautiful pub near us and um I thought, right, I got these cards from, I think not on the high street or somewhere. And it said 10 reasons why I love, why I love him. And I, you know, put, oh, you know, you're a great dad and you're, you know, you're a wonderful person and, you know, you know, you great dad, stepdad to my children. And I just, you know, blah, 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 blah. And the last one said, so will you marry me? And when they came, I was well chuffed with them. I was like, yes, 
Yes. And then I thought, hang on, hang on. I haven't actually said we, I booked the wedding. So I contacted the woman again and said, who made them and said, yeah, can you just do me one more, uh, one more card to put at the back that says, P.S., it's uh, it's 18th of July, 2020 at one o'clock. <laughs> Hope you can make it. <laughs> so, you That's know, amazing. She, she didn't come back and say, like, ha-ha or anything. Anyway, so I got it. So we went out for this dinner and I was dressed up and my husband was like, oh, you, you look really nice. I was like, yeah, and I was a bit like on edge. My dress was too tight and I was perched on this chair and I could I was like this. He's like, why, why are you being like that? I was like, nothing, nothing. <laughs> so we had a really lovely dinner. I said, let's go and sit in the in the bar on the sofa and um so we sat down there and I said oh, I've bought you a present I said, why have you bought me a present it wasn't like an anniversary or anything so just got a present for you so he opened it, and it hmm, interesting but like not unusual for me to, to what did it look something. like it's just like a little little box and it says 10 reasons why Laura loves Martin on the on the front was it like um, cardboard or was it yeah yeah really cute really nice and you made those <laughs> did you yeah <laughs> my company yeah so weird yeah <laughs> oh my god anyway so the, that's so that would be how weird would that be that anyway so so they're square the 10 things i love about you yeah <laughs> oh not on the high street <laughs> oh my god in a strange strange twist of fate i'm gonna look it up after see where I got from. Anyway. So anyway, so the company didn't think it was yeah. odd. Anyway, <laughs> that so, woman that didn't reply. <laughs> that woman who didn't think it was a strange thing. Anyway, so he's going through, he's flicking through the cards and um, he was a bit like, oh, because it was nice things that I was saying. And and then the last one, so will you marry me? And he kind of looked at me and then he looked the next one and he went, what do you mean? What Are we getting married? Have you booked the wedding? And I said, yes. <laughs> he's like, oh. And then, so then it was really weird. He was like, we were both crying and then we were kind of had a hug and a kiss or whatever. And then we came home and then it was really weird. It was like the next day. I don't know. Well, what do we do next? Cause we didn't want to tell anybody until we told the children and they were both on holiday with their other parents. So we have to wait till we tell the children before we tell anybody else. So we were engaged, but we weren't telling anybody. And I also didn't have a ring. So then I said to him, so we're we going to go shopping to get a ring. And it, and then I thought, that's really weird, because I proposed to him. It was my decision, but the ring, I, I just, it felt odd, so I just didn't have one. I said, actually, I don't want an engagement ring. I'm not a jewellery person generally anyway, Like, but also I've got really big hands, so I wanted something really chunky. So I just didn't end up having an engagement ring, so I was kind of engaged, and then we, oh, and then we told people, and, you know, they were, they were you know, pleased, but surprised, well, I'd say surprised, nobody's surprised that I proposed because of the kind of person that I am. But, um, um, yeah, so then I then I was, you know, oh, how can I find a jewellery designer? Oh, there's one that lives right around the corner who's incredible, award-winning and incredible jeweller, which I wanted very different to what I had before. But the whole wedding was different, right, because I didn't want the same, because I wanted something that would stand the test of time, but that was reflective of me. I wanted something that would be really beautiful and would just be one ring without the need for an engagement ring. Do you see what I mean? So yeah, it's it's good to, it'd be good to hear what you would describe it like. Yeah, so it's a really thick band. So in fact, I found my wedding ring and engagement ring for my first time around the other week. It was just in a pot somewhere. I couldn't believe how small it was because obviously I was a lot slimmer, but then my fingers <laughs> were smaller. But so this one is, it's rose hammered gold 
So rose gold, which I love, I don't, I'm not really a big fan of yellow gold and I also like platinum and stuff. So rose gold was perfect for me. Um, it's hammered. So it's, it's just got a really beautiful kind of battered to finish to it. It's a really chunky ring. So it's quite wide. If you had, if you looked at it yeah. compared to um, other people's rings, it's probably three times as wide as a normal. So it's rose, quite wide, rose, hammered, um, hammered gold. And then I had 12 diamonds put in it, um, just just randomly scattered round. So it's kind of a nod to having the stone that you might have in an engagement ring, but it's it's in the ring. And I have to tell you, like I was quite nervous because I'd never designed anything like that before. And um, when I went to pick it up, it was really hot and I wasn't sure I could get it on. And I was like, before <laughs> the wedding. Anyway, I managed to get it on. But I cannot tell you how many compliments I get on it. And it's funny because Jodie, um, who designed it for me, she comes to my networking group. She's a great friend and we're great kind of business friends and life friends. But whenever she says, oh, and, you know, this is what I do. I'm Jodie Gearing and I, you know, design jewelry. I always go, and she's brought a hand model with her. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it's just, it's very me. It's very reflective of my personality. It's kind of chunkier. I'm not particularly delicate I'm nearly six foot and it doesn't so it doesn't you know it kind of it it works for me but what's really interesting it's the first time I think she'd done something like that what a a wonderful story and good for you for proposing I hope that gives loads of people out there some gumption to go and and get what Mm. they because I really admire you for just going right it's got to be then and doing it and not waiting around it was really surprising how little it happened before like people were really scared but now they kind of are actually getting the balls to kind of actually get out there and just start, you know, why Why have women felt that they can't propose? Like, why can't they take their own destiny? I, yeah, I don't know. I think maybe there's a, that kind of romantic, the traditional side. The thing is, we live together. We, you know, we live together in the house. We've been living together for some time. We'd already been in the house three years by then. You know, we were going to get married anyway. And actually, it was really interesting. So then we went into, you know, we were planning the wedding. I literally bought my wedding dress and then we went into lockdown and we weren't even sure if we were going to be able to get married. We weren't sure what that oh, would look like. That would have been awful. And then, I mean, we were having a small wedding anyway. We were only having, like, immediate family to the register office, then lunch, and then a party in the evening. So it was, you know, quite low-key, no, like, bridesmaids. It was quite weird trying to work out if we could get married. And lots of people said, just delay it. Just delay it when you can do it again. And we just said, you know what? No. One thing before we go, because this this series, we're, we're talking about being bold. So if you can give one bit of advice about being bold and about you being bold in your life, what little nugget of wisdom can you maybe impart for this end of this lovely episode? I think what often holds us back is the self-talk, is the questions, what if it goes wrong? So every time you find yourself saying something like, what if it goes wrong? Or what if I fail? What if I can't do it? What if nobody likes it? What if nobody buys it? What if I don't make any money? I'd like you to reverse that and ask yourself the opposite question. What if it does work? What if I do succeed? What if I do make money? What if I can do it? What if I am clever enough? What if I am smart enough? Because you are. And But naturally what we tend to do is we we push to the negative. So about anything that, that anything in life, we go, oh, that's great. Oh, but that probably won't work. What we need to do is push to the positive is say, you know, when we have an idea, go, God, that sounds amazing. Almost tell ourselves, that sounds amazing. Let's explore that. So instead of dismissing it before we've even started, push it forward and explore it. So the next time you find yourself saying, what if I fail? 
ask yourself what if I don't it's lovely that's wonderful advice and thank you so much Laura for sharing that and thank you very very much for being a guest on Share Share With Ship Bits loved it thank you oh that was great wasn't it it was it was a really lovely story and Um, it was just she's quite an inspiring woman isn't she isn't she and I love that thing about turning it around and Mm. saying what if you know what if it goes wrong what if it doesn't go wrong that's very that's I'm taking that into my day absolutely and we'll be sharing pictures of her ring and um which and her book absolutely gorgeous and her amazing book on Instagram so do check that out at show she bits podcast and please wherever you are listening to this if you could like and rate and share that would be wonderful Yes, please do. Um, please tell all your friends about it as well. Um, and, you know, if you do have any stories of your own, please do get in touch because we'd love to hear your stories. And you don't have to be in Brighton. We can Zoom it. Until next time. Thanks for listening to Show, Show Us Your, your Bits. Bits. Ta-ra. 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 <laughs>